Okay, great. Well, this is uh, episode uh, 41, and today uh, it, it finally came to fruition. Um, I have another uh, a fellow uh, squash podcaster on today's uh, podcast. Um, he reached the top 60 in the world, uh, winner of several uh, PSA 10K events, including one uh, in my homeland, uh, Canada, in Saskatoon. It must have been quite cold. Uh, currently, uh, the the host of Finding uh, Balance, uh, the Finding Balance podcast, and a very interesting website, uh, TomFordSquash.com. Tom Ford is my guest today. Tom, great having you on. Thanks very much, Jerry. I, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we can finally <laughs> have the conversation. It's been a while in the making. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's great having you on. And how's, um, how's life treating you these days? I know you had a, a doubles tournament uh, that you uh, organized and it went uh, quite well. I saw that a little bit about that on uh, Facebook. Uh, now that the dust has settled there, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you up to uh, these days? Sure. Yeah, things are going well. Thank you. Um, I, I'm making really good progress with my health. Um, I feel probably as as good as I've ever done, or certainly as good as as I've felt in a long time. Uh, and that's a very special feeling kind of in and of itself. Uh, the doubles tournament went really well. Uh, we had uh, Lawrence Andrema come for the tournament, and that was just a very special uh, thing as well. Um, and yeah, as you said, the dust has kind of finally settled. Um, the event doesn't finish when the event finishes, if that makes sense, certainly not from an organizational perspective. So um, there, there have been a few things that I've been tying up and just a few meetings regarding that. And now that that's all done, I'm just looking forward to kind of getting back on the um, my own podcast and, uh, and just continuing to make progress, uh, you know, with my with my health. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I really uh, enjoy your your podcast. You've had some great guests on, and some different. You you take a different approach uh, than I do. More of an approach from a player's perspective and a different uh, perspective, uh, which is quite interesting. We'll we'll I'm going to ask you a few questions about where you're coming from in terms of uh, that. Um, so I'd like love to talk to you uh, a little bit about finding the finding balance. Uh, uh, your podcast and I think at the beginning of just about every episode you you start with um, success in your inner world leads to success in your outer world uh, first how and when did this become something you wanted to uh, truly get your uh, head around and also what made you feel it would be uh, valuable for others in our in the world of squash yeah that's a great question um, I think I became, I've always been very interested in uh, just, I think just the deeper meaning and deeper thinking behind just the obvious surface level nature of, of things. And um, I guess <clears throat> I, um, I saw the benefit from my, from my own self. So, um, I think from from kind of my own explorations um, through various different podcasts and uh, books and, and that kind of stuff, I, I I found a real fascination in this kind of inner world, non-physical uh, dimension. And 
the, the huge benefits that it can provide. And I just really wanted to share that with people and, and make it an ongoing or I wanted to start a conversation around that. And that's very much what finding balance is about is, um, as I've said recently in one of my podcasts, it's, I think squash is such a, and, and life, I mean, is such a multidimensional thing. And uh, there's a, such a huge emphasis on, on physical whether in squash, whether it's, you know, tr- training physically and, and that definitely has its place. Uh, but there's, so, I just find this whole non-physical, mental, emotional, spiritual realm so fascinating. And I think there's such an infinite amount of possibility to explore that. Um, and I feel like we're really only scratching the surface at the moment. So I, I very much want to open that conversation with people and, you know, see what we can uncover from it. What um, I know, I know, I I think it was in your interview with uh, Todd Harity. You'd mentioned that you you listen to several podcasts. One uh, that I listen to is um, I listen to the Tony Robbins podcast every now and then, and mm. uh, he's got some really fast. I mean, just listening to him is uh, inspirational every time, uh, regardless of the the topic. But would um, a lot of this sort of uh, the, the, your way of thinking maybe come from? uh what you've heard on those podcasts and trying to try to get your head around it in terms of being a uh, a squash player yeah absolutely i love tony and uh and a few, a few people there's a guy called peter sage who uh is a trainer he used to be a trainer of tony who i follow quite religiously i went to his uh, he actually has a, a business school uh, i went to earlier this year actually um so yeah i think um, from a few different angles, I guess it, it initially came from um, sort of reading a few different kind of spiritual books and opening me up to um, that side of stuff. And then I guess that sort of started the ball rolling and you can explore that in a few different ways, sort of from the mental psychology kind of thing, as it were, uh, philosophy, um, just generally diving into sort of deeper questions um Mm. and uh yeah i think there are lots of different avenues that you can explore and (laughs) i certainly uh do yeah yeah for sure i mean every time i listen uh, i listen to tony uh, robbins and there's um let me just pull it up on my uh, podcast app here sorry about that i forget his name um i deleted it but uh, there's another guy (laughs) that interviews uh tony quite regularly on his podcast and I forget his name, but um, he's also in that same vein. He's kind of uh, spiritual and, and uh, always trying to get to look at your, your inner self. And, and I really find it. I'm not, I'm not very much like that. I don't think like that enough. Uh, I don't feel that way enough. And I, I always find inspiration in those guys. Now through, uh, through your podcast, you, you've had some great guests, obviously uh, from the squash world and uh, therefore, plenty of opportunities uh, to learn, uh, given given uh, uh, how you how you think. So, uh, how do you think we can get the balance working more uh, in our favor? Um, do you mean in terms of uh, physical and non-physical, or yes, yeah, okay. Um, well, as I said, I think just beginning to ask ourselves better questions or ask ourselves questions in relation to that 
rather than just going about our our own day or our own kind of routine without too much thought around it so um a lot of the sort of questions that i that i also mentioned in the intro of the podcast is sort of actually looking a bit deeper into why are you actually doing something uh what what do you what do you feel like it gives you uh what do you what do you really value um and what things are, are actually really important to you and and you might find that as i've done um oftentimes the things that i do or the the things that i'm doing in my everyday life aren't actually uh getting me towards the things that are most important to me um so i think maybe just having an awareness of um asking yourself those questions first um mm-hmm. and then you can you can just begin to explore uh the answers they they're they're always evolving <laughs> yeah. um and i think it's just it's yeah just beginning beginning that journey for, for me it, it it wasn't something that i guess necessarily happened naturally it, it very much happened through aid of books and uh podcasts and um my own kind of self-inquiry maybe people that that i i sought advice from uh, that i already knew um but yeah I, I guess first is just the intention to to do so and yeah. to realize that that, that is a, a an avenue worth exploring so you you've basically had to step back uh, which is maybe why you you stepped away from the game uh, for for a bit here and and kind of reassess what what has what's meaningful to you is that, is that basically what caused you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd been I'd been thinking about those questions for quite some time before uh, I I kind of properly stopped. Um, I'd been yeah, I'd been wrestling with them for a little while, um, and yeah, I, th- I think as I said, I think because this is just an ongoing journey, it isn't something that just happens immediately. You you understand yourself yeah. uh more the more you do it so um yeah it's it's <laughs> it's a very ongoing process so and and it takes a while for for certain things to reveal themselves so um no it was it was a, a probably a, a process of a couple of years um where i'd been sort of i guess looking a little bit more deeply at how i felt about being a pro, um, why I, what, how I felt about the training, the competing, the traveling, all aspects of it, because it's not necessarily just one answer for, for all of it. You know, there, there are certain things that, you know, will have different answers. So, um, but no, one that, thing that I, one thing I hear a lot these days, and this might be off the mark, but it, it might be kind of related to it as well. I, I've been, you know, talking to a few players that I used to play against back in the, in the day and they said that they found they're playing better nowadays be, just because they're thinking more about process as opposed to um, performance. Uh, I'm not real. it's sort of I, I think in a way connected a little bit to what you're saying. Yeah absolutely and, and I've certainly had my experience of that um, not necessarily lately but for, for the large part of last year, I still continued playing uh, sort of various league match. I stayed playing in the national league uh, in for Bristol in in, in England, and uh, I played for a few teams uh, in France and Germany, uh, despite not 
playing PSA or, or even training at all. Uh, but with still a, a, a very big intention of my own self-improvement, but just in, in different ways other than physical training. And uh, that I, I, I was in many respects, I was a better player than I was uh, when I was uh, mm. also to the wall with, with training and stress and, and that kind of stuff yeah. that I put myself under. So um, I'm definitely not saying that that's the way, but I, it really served as proof to me that there is an immense power behind um yeah, as I said, this non this non physical, mental, emotional uh, development, and uh, it's definitely a mindset. I mean, uh, just in my own little wor- squash world, I, I I've been trying to to do that more. You know, um, uh, focus more on the process, focus more on what you can do better, and not necessarily worry uh, too much about uh, what the score is or what the result at the end of the match is. As long as you're happy uh, and uh, doing the things that you need to do to improve then that takes a lot of uh, pressure off yourself. Hmm. It takes a lot of courage as well to let go. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, I would, my, my thoughts on that as well is you just, you just waste so much energy uh, stressing and, and worrying about that. And I, and I have no doubt that's one of the things that contributed to uh, the fatigue that I've been experiencing. There's is, a lot of uh, ego involved in that, isn't there? Yeah. And, uh, and that's something that I've noticed is just by how much energy I was able to have on court through not stressing and just being calmer, it almost made up for the fact that I wasn't fit from not training. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it is a big waste, but it's very difficult to let go, particularly when it's something that you uh, is your life is your profession and and is something that you you really want to, you know, achieve in. Well, I guess if, uh, if you've chosen professional squash, then uh, results do pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's very, it's a very difficult uh, thing to, to go for. Well, obviously you, you decided that, uh, uh, part of the finding the balance uh, journey meant that you needed, we just talked about it, a uh, step away from the game. Uh, so this had something to do, I, I think this had uh, a lot to do with your battle with uh, chronic fatigue. Talk uh, or take us back, if you will, to when you felt or began to recognize the balance tipping out of your, out of your favor and when you decided uh, you needed to take measures to uh, redress it. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd been, I'd been aware of my physical fatigue for, for quite some time, really. Um, you know, it's the, the timeline on that has changed as I've had more time to reflect on, on it. (laughs) Um, but I would say, um, you know, as as a professional athlete, you you're training to ignore your body and to ignore your what your mind is telling you <laughs> about yeah. stopping. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a, a skill that I became very adept at. Um, so it was very difficult for me to uh, to realise, you know, where where that point was. And uh, and although I'd decided to stop or or very much you know work on 
exploring other areas of my life. I still kept playing squash and, you know, whether it was through leagues, as I said. Um, and again, I think it was just, it, just another manifestation of me just not quite listening to what my body was trying to tell me. And, uh, and it was only really towards the end of last year where it really started to affect me mentally uh, and emotionally. It started to affect my mental health that uh, it, that was a kind of a new territory for me. It wasn't a case of uh, ignoring my body as I'd learned to do. It was actually, you know, this is something that's, that's new here and, and it, and it forced me to listen and, and realize that actually things were, were quite a way out of balance and um, things, things kind of needed to change. Right. Yeah. And um, now I'm not sure uh, where Hadrian Stiff and, and elite squash come into the picture, but I, I do recall you mentioning that he was uh, important in helping you as well become sort of, I guess, more happy uh, on court or ha happier as a person. Um, let's talk about Hadrian just for a bit. Most of us know, most of us in the squash world simply know him as, a, as one of the top coaches, but you'll be able to elaborate on, on that for us. Tell us about the impact um, his philosophy uh, uh, as a coach has had on you. Yeah, so um, that, that involves rewinding quite a bit. So I, I initially came to Hadrian more or less when I'd first turned professionally. Um, I'd, I'd grown up on the England squash system and had always been assigned uh, an England squash coach, really. Um, and I think towards the, towards, uh, the end of my junior career and, and moving into professionals, I just felt a bit like I wanted an extra opinion. Um, you know, at the time, there were a few complications with England squash and um, I really wasn't enjoying playing at the time as well. And uh, I, I decided to phone Hadrian, I, or, I, or I made contact with him, and um, just to get another point of view. And uh, you know that from that conversation, uh, I began to start coming to Bristol, and um, you know things really started to change then. So that's I, where Elite Squash got its uh, start. Was in uh, Bristol, was it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where mm -hmm. it's based now. And, and, and I think it's been going for sort of 15 or 20 years. But, um, you know, the Shabaggies and, and all of those guys have been involved. Or that's when that's been for about 10 years, I guess. Right. But, uh, but yeah, Hadrian, Hadrian had a huge impact on me. And I think a, a really good kind of way of explaining that is um, we, we didn't hit a ball for probably about a year and a half. And I think I made probably the one of the biggest improvements I've I've ever made since picking up a racket. So what um, year was that in? Uh, Twenty. Uh, well, I, I would say probably 2012. Okay. So that was just before you you started playing regularly on the PSA tour then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd been playing for a little while, so it was probably the beginning of 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, for at least for that year, we didn't we didn't hit a ball. Maybe even maybe I, I think it's a year and a half. But um, we just spent a huge amount of time reframing what playing meant for me, uh, why I was actually doing it, what I wanted to get out of playing the tour, 
Um, and it wasn't just talking. We spent a lot of time um, on my movements around the court and um, that kind of stuff. So, um, right. yeah, I guess, tra- I guess translating that, the mindset into movement. Hmm. And what, uh, was there anything that he sort of said or sort of uh, like philosophically that helped you, that helped make squash uh, sort of fun for you? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was maybe one specific thing, mm-hmm. um, but it was just a, it was, he, he reminded me of why I want, why I started playing squash in the first place. Right. Um, um, and what it was that I loved about the game and, and, and actually how that was far more important than at least for me, um, than than any results and um, outcomes that you know were were quite heavily driven into me as a junior and 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 probably that that I put on myself as I became a better player and as you know results became more um, yeah. it just happened more you know and it's easy to kind of grasp onto those once you once you get them. So yeah, that, that uh, sort of goes harkens goes back to what we were talking about earlier the process uh, element of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You may, uh, I know in your, uh, when Todd Harity uh, did that great interview with you, he mentioned, uh, or you mentioned uh, an analogy uh, about uh, sort of one legged movements. And I think you went beyond uh, just actually the one legged movements on a squash court. Uh, could you elaborate on how uh, that, uh, in, in terms of how, you can control the balance in your favor with re- respect to that, that analogy that you had made. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so one of the sort of fundamental aspects of elite squash and the philosophy that uh, we try to uh, share is, is around balance and, uh, and, and, and in, in specific specifically uh, a balance routine and and what that involves is is shifting onto onto one leg um and performing various different movements that aren't particularly necessary to explain here um but what what, what i believe to be um important with this routine and with uh with with balance in general is is it isn't about being in one place you know forcing your yourself to be still in one place mm-hmm. actually the idea is to be able to move and adapt to the ever-changing circumstances of life and also of you know the routine that you're performing um and it's being able to do that with with ease and um skill i guess uh, and without without resistance um, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, reflection with that routine, and then also with uh, how to navigate life. So it's a it's a it's it's a, a an exercise that I spend a lot of time working on, and I find very useful. And there's there's an enormous depth to it. Sort of um, like uh, yoga for the squash player on the squash court. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess I I just think like for yoga yoga means union uh union between body and mind right and um, that's that's very much what 
um, you're trying to achieve, or that's at least what I try to achieve, or I don't try to achieve. That's what I, I intend to do when I practice yoga is, is focus on my breath and let my body be guided by my breath. So that can be, that can be anywhere, you know? So, so yoga on the court. Yeah. I mean that, that's ultimately what I'm trying to achieve. That can be doing a balance routine. It can be doing a pressure session. It could be washing the dishes. Um, that's, and that's very much what I try to focus on, you know, in my everyday life is yoga doesn't necessarily have to be doing your, your stretches or your downward dog. It can be anywhere. Right. So you've taken this, uh, balance routine that Hadrian has, uh, put in place with the with his team of players at elite squash and added the sort of uh the mental element uh, the the finding the balance uh, uh at, from your side of it uh to it as well yeah i think i think that's that's in there um but depending on your perception of things you know people will look at it in different ways you know some people will look at the balance routine as just a, a way to improve your balance yeah. and equally look at yoga as just a way of stretching. But right. for me, I, I'm naturally more drawn to, uh, to this, to this other way of, of, of viewing it. And, uh, uh, yeah, that, that kind of manifests in, in everything that I do. So, um, I wouldn't say there's a right or wrong way. It's just, that's, that's the way that I've chosen to interpret the, skills or the the exercises that hadrian has, has given that's great that's interesting now uh you had a fascinating uh podcast with uh with peter marshall uh and and i think it's quite a it's quite a popular podcast quite a few people have listened to it um now he also famously and unfortunately uh, in the prime of his career had to uh quit squash due to chronic fatigue, fatigue uh, syndrome now now that you've had time to process maybe uh Obviously, you learned a lot, but uh, now that you've had time to process what you uh, discussed with Peter, uh, has it helped? Obviously, it helped you uh, have a better understanding of uh, your battle with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually a lot of what I learned from the podcast, and in particular with, with the one with Marsh, is they've almost been immediate learnings in, in a sense that I, maybe they've, they've evolved over time or I've, you know, become to understand them over time, but Marsh was very much an immediate one. Um, it was, and it was probably the catalyst to make me realize that there was something a bit more seriously wrong than I'd thought and that I was, you know, taking it. Mm. Um, it was actually through researching uh, chronic fatigue syndrome to ask Peter more about it that, I was like, oh shit, that's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of uh, similarities there. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, although it may be the, the, the kind of penny didn't necessarily drop in that moment. I think um, I couldn't shake that thought out of my head once I'd, uh, once I'd interviewed him and, and it just became more and more apparent to me. And, and it, yeah, it was very much a catalyst for me um, exploring my own uh, health. As for um, the interview itself, I think um, what, what I've learned is, um, and, what, and what I felt after the interview was, I kind of wished that I'd asked him kind of more about it and for him to explain 
more about it and I felt I almost felt a little bit of it felt reluctance at the time to talk about it but I think or I feel now what I've come to understand is it is just an incredibly hard thing to explain um and yeah that, and that's what i that's what i got from the interview as well it, it was really tough to try to he couldn't explain it really he, he yeah he was, uh, yeah uh, that that and he continued to uh to say that it, it was difficult to explain mm, and it's very much an individual thing it affects people very, um individually in different ways and um yeah, I think I think certainly now that that's made me and and as I've tried to articulate it, <laughs> I've um I've understood now that um yeah it is it is an incredibly um difficult thing to share, which is one of the things that makes it um very hard to experience as well because well, it's it's very difficult to I, be felt to, to be understood. Well, having heard it uh, from him that he's found it difficult, uh, I guess in in a way, wouldn't that make it less frustrating? Now that you know, uh, even even the great Peter Marshall ha- doesn't have his head around it yet. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't didn't really know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Um, as I, I mean, said, it's just yeah. it's an individual thing, you know. So and it and it's quite easy to just get caught up in your own way. So yeah. Um, and I, and I think I I noticed as I felt also he was almost a little bit reluctant to offer any specific advice to me as well. Mm. Um, as I why, would why be do you to think that, maybe that others because, um, you know, what works for, for him wouldn't necessarily work for me. And, and right. because it's such an unknown or because the causation is so unknown, um, and there's such mixed opinion on it, um, as I've found, it can just be such a stressful process to try and get to the bottom of it that actually just having another opinion doesn't necessarily help. Right. Um, and, it, and it very much, I think it's it's got to be something that's self-led. Um, and, uh, you know, many, many people who, who still suffer from it are... Um, are on that kind of treadmill you know of uh or hamster wheel of, of of getting more and more opinions and and i just personally found that um that was giving me more stress um than it was worth and and it wasn't kind of conducive to to how i felt i would recover so i guess finding balance is your your sort of um sort of uh, approach or may, maybe way of uh of dealing with chronic fatigue uh, syndrome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a manifestation of my yeah. own uh, experiences and uh, and yeah, issues and and. Is that in any literature? Is that uh, is that found anywhere in any of the liter- literature that you've read on uh, CFS that that uh, is kind of finding finding the balance in your inner with your inner self and making your outer. Uh, uh, the real world, uh, uh, finding that balance, uh, it, is it a, uh, uh, a cure or not, not a cure, but a, a way of dealing with the chronic fatigue syndrome or is that something that you feel, uh, might be? Yeah. Um, well, I can only, I can only speak from my experience, but I've something that really resonated with me, um, as I began to explore this and take it more seriously was the idea that 
with when you have chronic fatigue or, or any kind of fatigue issue, I mean, there are lots of different names for them. Um, your, your system is very weak um, and, and there's very little foundation uh, for you to work on because it's, it's been depleted and um, how is, you know, is up for debate. Uh, so any kind of extreme mental or physical is, is not going to be dealt with very well with, with a very depleted system. Mm. And, uh, and I had lived the, uh, the large part of my, um, my life, um, or, or the large part of my break from professional life, uh, with quite a lot of mental and physical extreme. Um, so I can't, I, I can't remember whether it was just maybe, um, somebody that I was seeing, um, for treatment or whether it was, um, you know, a book, but it, it just made a lot of sense to me that, you know, if your system is weak and depleted, then to maintain as much of a state of balance and equilibrium as possible is only going to help to nurture that system mm. back into, uh, some kind of foundation and potentially full health. Um, and I think that, that encompasses mental and physical. Um, I think they're so interrelated yeah. um, that, that you you can't ignore one uh, or, or refer to one without kind of in some way referring to the other. Um, so yeah, that's been a huge focus on on my part um, since I made the decision, you know, for my health to be the priority. Is how can I create as much of a stable, balanced uh foundation uh to kind of nurture my my system back to some kind of uh level of normality <laughs> so is it, is it at a level of normality or approaching um approaching that now tom uh, it's it's certainly on the way um yeah. i think i i i feel like i've got to the point now where the foundation is built uh, or it's certainly the large part of the foundation is built. It's been sort of eight months now since I've moved home and that's been my focus. Um, and now, as I said to you at the beginning of the conversation, is the really the first time where I felt like I have some kind of resilience to mm. stress, mental or physical. Um, I, I can do exercise, um, no, nothing too intense just yet, but I can have a have a light session on court or I can lift some light weights and I I don't necessarily feel like I've done it you know like I, I know that I've done it but I don't feel totally exhausted by you don't doing feel it. exhausted taking a shower anymore right <laughs> no, no well <laughs> uh, no not so much now yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah it's it's um I'm really, really encouraged by um, where I'm at at the moment. And uh, as I said, I, I felt, as I said at the beginning, I, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm as well as I've, I feel as good as I've maybe ever done. And that's not necessarily because I'm back to full health um, in the sense of the physical things that I used to be able to do. And um, I'm still probably quite a long way from doing that. But I think just mentally having gone through uh, what I've gone through and, and continue to go through. Um, I just have such a different perspective and a, a gratitude for uh, very simple things now. And 
that that mental feeling uh you know makes up yeah. for, for maybe the, the slight lack of uh, physical vitality that that i i you know had uh, before well it definitely uh, you definitely sound like you're in a good place now um according to um the psa's website i did uh, I, I looked you up on their their player profile they said uh, you're you were at the time one of the the players to watch at the time so clearly uh the psa and the, those guys they believe you've got what it takes to play with the best um is there a a return on the horizon a return to uh the psa circuit uh anytime in the future yeah i i'm not sure um i think <clears throat> it's it's a little too far down the line to to think about or yeah. to entertain yeah, yeah. um and that's very much something that I've been really focused on since uh, since moving home and, and making the decision to focus on my health is really just one step at a time. Uh, the moment you get ahead of yourself and wishing yeah, things yeah. were moving faster than they are, um, not only do you encounter a lot of mental resistance and stress, but... Well, you probably um, get it not uh, from a lot of people. Uh, you probably get a lot of people asking you, how are things going, when are you going to... Uh, um, hit the court again uh professionally well, I, I feel like i've told to avoid that to, <laughs> i've told enough people uh, a blunt answer <laughs> that maybe the, <laughs> the best right. people ask now. but um but yeah all, all i know is I, I i really do miss playing competitively yeah um i certainly miss the traveling um, so do you, do I, you miss uh, Saskatoon, Canada? I, I, I saw you won a big, uh, big tournament there in the, the freezing uh, cold of uh, Saskatchewan. I was born in Calgary. Uh, I know okay. the weather. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful, yeah, actually, a beautiful it. part of the country there. Yeah, I had a great time in Saskatoon. Uh, it was the second time I'd been there, and just the people are lovely there, and um, had a lovely host that I stayed with as well. Did you meet um, uh, Alan Fern? I know you stayed with one of the Ferns, but was it, it wasn't Alan Fern, was it? No, I stayed with Brian Fern. I assume okay. it's his dad. I don't know. Might have been his uh, dad, yeah. I, I grew up playing with uh, with Alan. Uh, he was, uh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe he was there at the amateur tournament uh, one of yeah. the years, actually. But, um, but yeah, I, there, there, there are quite a few aspects that I miss. Um, but at at the moment, I'm I'm really happy with the balance that I have. Um, it's it's a lot more um, it's it's a lot more in line with what I felt like I needed when I stopped playing um, the tour and, and training twice a day. Um, and I guess it will just be interesting to see how it un unfolds. Yeah, I very well. much want to uh, explore um, the things that I'm you know, I'm trying to share with, with in the form of the podcast and, and, you know, various other ways. So, um, I think I would be surprised if I, if I didn't want to, uh, really go for it at some point, but as I said, just one step at a time, the next step for me would be to, to maybe try and get back to playing some kind of competitive squash, maybe in the leagues or, or something. That's great. Uh, uh, and through finding, finding a balance, your podcast, I think you're just going to continue to, uh, uh, move forward down that road. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Now, uh, before we finish, I've uh, I read one of your blogs, uh, and I forget which one it is, uh, uh, but it, I thought it was interesting because I have the same mindset. Um, you uh, 
it was about the benefits of consistently uh, maintaining the mindset of an underdog. And I kind of try to do that myself. I liken it uh, to uh, creating um, a situation where you always have a chip on your shoulder. Uh, so mm -hmm. do you feel this? Why do you feel this is important? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, all of my writings and podcasts, whatever, they're, they're all just expressions of what I'm trying to get out of my own head uh, at that time and hopefully share with other people. So um, that was the of consciousness good, kind of thing. It was probably a good couple of years ago that, that I wrote that. So um, right. I'm obviously in a very different place to that now. So just thinking about it now, I would say that um, I would probably just say not necessarily being an <laughs> underdog, but just having, just not having any expectations um as i said like you can yeah, waste that, that seems to be more about the the result than the process doesn't it yeah exactly as i said yeah. earlier you know you can waste a lot of mental energy uh with you know i should be beating this person or i should be beating this person this way or yeah this shouldn't be happening and um because i'm you know such and such and yeah, I, think um, I, I was reading on uh i don't know if you're a member of the squash stories a group that uh, Jamie Maddox heads up the squash stories group on Facebook. And one of the, uh, the threads this week was someone just said, it, I, I, he wanted advice about dealing with nerves. Mm. And uh, there was, you know, some people, some kind of cheeky comments, uh, uh, but I, I, I posted uh, something. In the squash stories group. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite entertaining that, that, uh, that squash story stuff. But uh, I, I mentioned this thing about the, uh, the process versus uh, performance. And, and I, th I think that that kind of would help because I, I, I used to get quite nervous if, you know, a game got close or, you know, I, I don't want to lose it. And, you kind of, you, you're not playing your best at that time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I guess nerves, nerves are just attachment to outcome. Yeah. So um, you're too, you're too focused on uh, the result. Um, if you can be more focused on this moment, on your intention for the game or your pro, your process for the game, knowing that that is a step towards the outcome that you're desiring or that you're aiming for, then um, I think you can come from, you can come with the attitude of uh, being grateful or excited for that opportunity uh, rather than uh, being nervous, which I, I guess yeah. implies that um, it feels like your goal or what you're trying to achieve is solely dependent on this, on that experience or that match or, or that rally. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I say, again, it's much easier said than done. I've, I've certainly been there uh, enough times <laughs> yeah. and uh, that, I'm sure that's it's coming from squash store. That's coming from, from the people, right? Not, not the pros. Mm. It's coming from the, the squash community. And I think it's something you know, obviously you, you've dealt with it at a, at a very serious level to the point where it's chronic fat, uh, fatigue syndrome. But uh, uh, I think all of us squash players deal with nerves and deal with maybe uh, some of the, the things that, uh, that, that, that you deal with in, in that regard, but they, we just kind of battle through it. Uh, so what you're doing on um, finding balance, I think is great stuff. 
uh, Tom. So keep keep up the the great podcast. I look forward to the the next ones that are coming out. Thanks very much, Jerry, and and likewise with you as well. I think it's it's great that we can get more and more uh, podcasts and conversations happening in the in the squash world. Yeah, it's a good thing we've got more uh, uh, podcasts to listen to uh, on the way to work as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tom, uh, thanks so much for coming on. It was great chatting with you and uh, keep up the good fight. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thank you. Cheers.